I'm your host, Arena Antoine, and I mean, welcome back to Self Love Lounge. This is a place that stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion in our pursuit of self-love. Self-Love Lounge is a place to learn about, hold space for, and embrace ourselves deeply. Each episode will bring warmth to being comfortable with the uncomfortable. So let's uncondition our minds together to find love within and forever lead with it. So before we get into it, grab a hot or cold beverage and let's go. Welcome back to Self Love Lounge. I am here with a guest who we've been talking in and out about how we can get together and empower the world. And so with that being said, please introduce yourself. Hi guys, I'm Tammy. You might know me from the Bachelor franchise series. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about yourself and and what season you were on. And also, like, what are you doing after the show and everything? So I was on Peter's season and then I was on Paradise this past summer. I'm 26 years old and I live by coastal between New York and L.A. And I've been Mm -hmm. just like traveling a lot, working a lot, just been trying to build my empire. And yeah. Love. I love that. And I guess your season was the first season where 25 women who identify as BIPOC. And I think that to me was so surreal because as someone of color, like growing up, I just didn't see anyone that really looked like me who might have been biracial. I felt like it was always like missing a representation and almost it was almost like really sad. And so for you, like how important is representation and what was your experience growing up with that? Oh man, this is, I could go on and on about this topic because (laughs) as we know, the Bachelor franchise is very, very Caucasian based. I mean, for a while you couldn't see a season without at least 20 blonde, white, beautiful women, you know? So going into this, I really wanted to represent like minorities really well, the Asian community really well, also Mm -hmm. young women who um, build their own you know, life. So I, it's super important to me. I feel like I praise it all the time with my fans and my viewers just to make sure like we're all on the same page because it is hard. I mean, no one ever talks about being a minority on a show that they are only used to seeing white women. So people have this misconception about uh, minorities and like they, I feel like they preach and pray and they want to yell at the franchise for not having diversity. But when diversity comes in, they're mm. so nasty to them. It's like, yeah. why would we want to be in this environment? The pros weigh out the cons more. Mm-hmm. And like what I want to do in this franchise to make changes and just represent people because I had such an identity crisis growing up. Right. I grew up in a very primarily white town right. and I was one of the few minorities that went to my high school. Mm. But so it was really hard because I always looked up to people who were blonde hair and blue eyes and I wanted to be that so badly. Oh. I thought everything I looked like, all my features that I have that I literally can't get rid of are were so ugly. That's what I felt like. I just felt like I couldn't find out who I actually was. Mm-hmm. And then growing more confident in myself and like what I could provide to this world, I think that really helped. But yeah. I can imagine like seeing a role model like on TV that looked like me that really would have helped so much with identity crisis, which I'm hoping uh-huh. that's what people like me are doing and people like um, other minorities in this franchise, you know? Totally. Yeah, it's really hard um, because they want me to be this gentle Asian character. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. She's so Asian, but I'm not. I'm very fierce and like yes. hardworking and I don't back down and I, 
I get the things I want because I work really hard for them. Like that's who I am. And I happen to be Asian too, you know? So that's been a huge struggle, but you know, with time, I feel like people will adjust. And I think that's what drew me to, to wanting you on this podcast is because people of color often like you can be colored but not too much because then when if you're too much then you're like a threat and I feel like even for me in my personal life like walking into the workplace and like being outspoken like the minute that I am I'm often seen as a threat and so watching your season and seeing people either like glamorize certain individuals or villainize certain individuals I feel like to me that's so I don't know it doesn't make me sit right with how women are painted so much worse than men on like both of the season or even in general in the workplace but I feel like the people that are villainizing or glamorizing are actually the biggest villains into this and so right and I think it's just like super sad to see and so what was that experience for you navigating that because it must have been like really heavy but also like you found such empowerment through that it it was very heavy because like how do you navigate what's happening in real time and what's going to be aired I don't know you just you just do and just trust your gut and trust Mm -hmm that you're here for a purpose and it's for a bigger change even though it really hurts right now like I think coming off of my original season it really was hard Mm -hmm. because I would not care what people thought about me but when I was just going into it hoping that I would have Asian community out of this and at least if all else fails at least I have my people you know and they were even hating me and it was just like I was like who do I belong to now you know like what what community do I belong to now so um I think that the show is dramatized more on women. That's why Bachelor is more popular than Bachelorette mm-hmm. for like viewing purposes. Because it's just entertaining, you know? Like, look at the hot mess that we used to watch in Jersey Shore. You know, like, yeah. literally a hot mess. Yeah. It's fun to watch. It's entertaining. I don't know. I I still feel very dis... Not connected to... Yeah, misunderstood from Bachelor Nation. I am probably the only full prominent Asian character that they have on the franchise and I'm hoping to change that hoping that my experience can be shared so they they're comfortable with signing up for the show too because I think that's super important to have that you know Mm -hmm. I mean look at this last season I think all the other Asian characters were sent home early yeah oftentimes we we really see this and even like Asian South Asian like how can we bring representation and I guess like you're doing this by having these conversations I feel like not a lot of people are open to having these conversations and just driving this into this bigger force to actually bring everybody together but some people think it's like a call out when it's really just it might be a call out but then we're like also inviting you to call in back and that's how I kind of see it sometimes I think just starting conversation is the first step and it's the hardest step you know I mean even in the workplace I'm I'm literally a millennial female um I'm, I'm, the world was set up for me to fail, you know, and I'm Asian, like, it's just, fight that, you know, and the people who are strong enough to, that's people who pave the way, so everyone else can too. I guess, like, my, my next question, I really want to know this, but, like, going into the workplace, because I struggle to sometimes, like, vocalize, I have every right to speak my truth and being like, hey, like, I feel like this is a gap. I want to talk about it. And the first time I ever started, my voice was like super shaky. My hands were like super shaky and my heart was beating so fast. And then it got better as I kept doing it and practicing that and seeing that doing this is actually not only going to help me, but it's going to help a whole community. And so what is your advice working in 
like an industry that unwelcomes people like us. Oh man, I this reminds me of the time when I worked for an insurance company. It was a very big name insurance company. And I was 19. I was young and like naive, but I was as soon as I got my license, I was one of the top agents, you know? And it's like difficult to see because I'm winning these awards and I walk into a room and it's just all middle-aged men mm-hmm. that, are, that are accepting the same awards awards as well. So it's like, who am I? Right. Like, who are you? You know, like yeah. what, what do you do? Yeah. But it's almost very empowering because you know what, like let's beat the norms. And again, society helps people like white men push forward very easily, but it's really hard. So like for me to also get there too, it took me a lot of work. It'll mm-hmm. probably always take me extra work more than everyone else yeah. that is not a minority. Like the the work, blood, sweat, and tears that you put into it. Like I think mm-hmm. it means so much more right. to me than it is to someone who was pushed to succeed, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, I don't know. Just have the hard conversations, have, be, be outspoken because if you're not, and you're going to stay meek and mild, then you're only hurting yourself and people who are going to follow behind you. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I guess like, I'm also really curious to know, like, what was your journey with identity crisis? Because I always try to like figure out my own and like, how was I able to like snap out and be like, okay, wait, I actually want to embody both race identities. And so what was your journey like navigating that and how were you able to like really find comfort um, to progress into your career or progress on the show and whatever it may have been? I feel like it took later on in life. I don't think until like my couple years into my 20s that I realized like, you know what? I am Asian. I can't change that. Mm-hmm. And let's just empower that because being so different is such a characteristic and like so unique to add. Mm-hmm. Like you are the spice, the last spice yeah. that the stew needs, you know? Yeah. So I think just changing my perspective of the way I think about how I viewed myself and how I viewed like minorities really, really helped develop my identity of who I wanted to be. Before if you asked me, I'm like, I hate being Asian, like mm-hmm. I I don't look like this girl. She does her hair like this and I can't do it like that, you know? And just knowing that they, I do things too that they can't do, you know? Like we all do things other people can't do. And that is so special in itself. And I really try to embrace that um, because it's extremely powerful. I, I love being a minority, especially like trying to create change because I don't think a Caucasian character could make as big of a change as a minority character because their change has already been done. I think it's such an evolution right now for minorities. I see it everywhere now. Like, look at the movies. I mean. Yeah, I I agree. I even feel like you you said something really cool. And, you know, some of the popular, like, culture has been overplayed for so many years. And also there has been, like, stories of, like, minorities that are painted in a really negative light, which makes us, like, recycle this idea that this is how it is. But now we're seeing so many women come forward and being like, this is not how it's done. Like, let me show you. But then it's almost like when you enter the space, there's so many people that are trying to like push you out of it. And I think that's where like the villainize come from. It's like, oh yeah. even on the show, it's like everywhere. Like, I feel like sometimes I'm the villain, even though I'm doing something right for not just me, but for everybody. And it's not even just like for the groups of my own racial identities. It's for the people that are also oppressing so that they can also learn about how to welcome me, how to welcome people like me, how to welcome like everyone really. Yeah differences I feel like that's such a topic sometimes where it's like we're all different it's great and then there's also people that are like well I want to like um relate with people and I feel like on the show did you ever find like people that 
we're also embodying that like we're all different and this is really great like in terms of like fans and like like to say yes but yeah. I feel like they see power in numbers you know so like let's all follow the pack let's all follow the bandwagon because it's mm. safer it's easier the bigger group the more powerful they are but yeah. what I think is the most powerful is being the standout and mm. still standing on your own two feet and yeah. standing by what you say you know I saw this this quote I think on Twitter that said maturing is realizing that even when you make the right decision, you're not always going to feel good afterwards. Yes. Because yeah. that's uncomfortability. That's where growth happens, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just, yeah. I'm hoping that we can make a huge change in the franchise. I've seen so many empowering women in the business place now, you know, mm-hmm. like I never would have dreamed of 10 years ago. Either. Yeah. It's, it's so empowering. And like, some people will be like, Oh, there's going to be so much competition. And I'm like, no, like I want her to be up so she can pull me in too, you know? And I think like, I'm actually really curious to know this, but like when you were in a, or in a room full of women, like how were you able to, cause a lot of people are going to be like, well, we're going to try to like, not even the women thinking that they're going to compete. I think just the environment that is like, you know, forcing everyone to compete against each other. Like, how were you able to navigate that? Because I feel like I was in a sorority once and it was like awful <laughs> and it was just like the worst. <laughs> I was just like struggling <laughs> because it was just like so many, like, I don't know what it was, but like, what was that experience like for you? Oh man, it's very competitive. Yeah. Um, and I'm a very competitive person too, which I think yeah. this is why I look like I was villainized because again, I didn't fit the cookie cutter, sweet oriental girl that they wanted and hoped for, you know, yeah. but I, I like that about me because I, I strive and I keep on going and I try to level up on myself because Mm -hmm. I work so hard and I continue to be challenged um, by other people around me and by myself. So uh, you can definitely tell that some girls are not like that and they just, they crumble. Yeah. 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 Especially when you're fighting, you're fighting for a a guy. guy. That's like the worst position to be in, really. Which yeah, makes it so <laughs> right. It's not like even a sport. Even I was a wrestler in high school, so like oh, I understand yeah. like battling it out, you know. Yeah. But when there's another person that yeah. is also the quote unquote prize, I wouldn't call yeah because yeah. it's love is up. It's hard because like how can you tell? You can fight all you want, but if this other person is not reciprocating feelings, then mm-hmm. you ultimately lost yeah. that you know so yeah. like that makes me like I feel like I would be one of those people I would just crumble and like be like oh my god he doesn't like me back but there's so many like women so like definitely like walking into that space I'm sure like confidence but also like when you leave the show and that's like over the amount of like growth and like learning abilities that you have is just I, I just assume that it's going to be like so empowering it's empowering if you use it in the right way because some people will really dwell on it and like mm-hmm. let's let's be very transparent here every season is always going to have various villains that's what makes entertainment you know right. um whether they're actually like terrible people in real life or whether they were it was just a situation you know right. yeah. so I think what you do with the information afterwards mm-hmm. really will t- be telling them who you are as a character, where you are in your growth process. Because mm-hmm. I, I guess people would say I was painted as a quote unquote villain, even though there's mm-hmm. multiple villains on my season. But yeah, weird too. People, people call me the biggest villain because I was the most stand out because mm-hmm. I was the only Oriental villain. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I took a lot of like reflecting. I know that that person is not entirely me. Mm-hmm. Like the way it was portrayed. Yeah. Um, what I saw in that was I was a person that always will never back down, always mm-hmm. stands up for my friends. Mm-hmm. And 
spitfire. That's that's exactly who I am. But what I didn't like seeing is like the the conflict and the drama and like maybe how I coped with things and like dealt with conflict. So I used that like the last year, good thing COVID happened because like that was really a long time for me to reflect mm-hmm. of right. the season that just happened just to see how I can better myself. Yeah, Nothing was wrong with me in the first place, but we can always better ourselves and using right. little information and little experiences to help become a better version of ourselves is what mm-hmm. I try to aim for. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think like even it goes back just in general in life. Like, when you go through something that's, whether it was traumatic, whether it was a bad experience, I think like, or a good experience too, and you learn something from that. What you take from those lessons and what you create afterwards is really what matters. And like, even like with the Black Lives Matter movement, I think like that made me want to create this podcast. And that was the first time I ever like acknowledged that I was like really black and I was really brown and I was embodying both identities. And I think it's one of those like magical, there's just like so much magic when you take trauma and you create something like really amazing you know it's like one of my favorite things because I feel like I have a lot of trauma but (laughs) I mean (laughs) I feel like we all do you know but again like it's what you do with it like life's gonna happen life's gonna continue on no matter what but the only thing you can control is how you feel how you think about Mm -hmm. other people around you and yourself I kid you not I literally despise myself throughout my teenage years Mm -hmm. you know because I wasn't white, I wasn't blonde, I I was this, I was that. You know, I was not girly, I was always a tomboy. And it was just like, I was so different that it made me hate myself so much right. that I tried I tried to fit in. And the, the image that I see is like, when you try to fit like a square block into a round circle, you know, like it's just not gonna fit no matter how much you try to shove it in there. What you can do is, build a house with the blocks. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good analogy. I never thought of it like that, but I really like that because I mean, I had body dysmorphia when I was growing up and like, mm-hmm. I really look at myself now and I'm like, where was this? Like, like I was so small, but I thought I was just like, I don't know. It's like the body dysmorphia when you see your body and you think you're a certain way when you're actually not. And sometimes like that still comes up in my journey, even though I've done a lot of work to heal. And I mean, there's still so much to heal too. But I think where does this come from? Where does this narrative come from? Where we have to look a certain way, we have to be a certain size. And obviously it's society, but what's your intake on it? Oh my gosh, I feel like this is something that I struggle with even to this day. You know, like mm-hmm. I am very tiny. I realize that I'm very aware of that. But my body dysmorphia is like, you are not a size zero like I'll buy clothes that are like size six or eight not saying that's large but I, I just won't fit in them but in yeah. my mind I'm like I am the size right. you know? and then I get the clothes and I'm like what is wrong with me like what am I doing I am working on that but it takes time it's not gonna be overnight um I think just because like society and Instagram and social media like mm-hmm. people have to realize social media is beautiful it's a highlight reel mm-hmm. but it's not it's not completely real people edit their bodies and like that's the version of like women that we see you know like that's how you become a woman is like have curves and have boobs and like I didn't have any of that because I was so petite again it's all about internal and like the way you love yourself yeah the more you're comfortable with being in your own skin and realizing that clothes are meant to fit you like you are not supposed to fit clothes that's a huge um, perspective for me yeah, I love that. Um, and I guess like, I'm really curious to know, like, what has been your self love journey, I guess, like, during COVID, because I feel like I found so much self love during COVID because we were locked with ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you look in the mirror, you're like, I'm sick of looking at you. 
yeah. <laughs> um, COVID was really tough for me. I have six jobs. I'm always go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And when everything shut down, I had one job that yeah. I could barely do. I let myself dwell and feel that I was really upset, really frustrated, really confused as we mm-hmm. all were. But acknowledging, like letting myself feel that. And then, you know what? Pack my stuff up. Mm-hmm. Realize that you're a bad bitch. Continue yeah. on and do what you can do. End up being my best sales year in my entire career. Really? You know, mm-hmm. yeah, because like you just you take the trauma and you it, use it to fuel you, drive for more. It's like you know what? I refuse to let myself be a person who's unemployed and mm-hmm. is just sitting on my butt, like eating snacks all day. You know, like mm-hmm. that's so easy to do. Yeah, but I feel sad. But use that and like you know what? I know what life I want to live. I know what my year wants to look like. I'm mm-hmm. gonna work towards it. I'm gonna work hard, and there's gonna be a lot of failures throughout the way. Yeah, but I truly believe if you keep working really, really hard, you will get everything you want in this world. Every single thing, whether it be stuff, whether it be goals in life. Like, there's no reason that you can't achieve your goals because yeah. if you try hard enough, you will get there. Yeah, and I even think like saying like the craziest dream that you have. If you say it and then you work towards it, like it's going to be realized. And I think. Yeah. Sometimes I tell people my dream and they're like, this bitch is crazy. Like, I don't think she's going to do this. But it's like, it's like, I am. Like, I don't really need the opinions, but I am really going to actualize the dream. And I think, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those moments where you're like, you have to do it. You know, like when you shop for cars and you're like, I want to buy a BMW. And then mm-hmm. you leave the dealership, you don't buy a car. But when you drive around, all you can see are BMWs. Yeah. You know, and you're like, there's so many BMWs on the road today. Literally so It's many. all perspective. Mm-hmm. It's all perspective. So yeah, if you yeah. want to say your goals out loud and that's all you live, breathe, and work for, that's mm-hmm. only, that's the only thing you'll see. Yeah, it's, so, it's almost like the mindset, right? The mindset shift. I used to, when I was growing up, I was like, so hurting so much. And I would be like, I'm not happy. Like, I'm so not happy. And I was just dwelling on this cycle of like, not being happy, not being happy. And then I went to therapy once and she was like, well, I noticed that you keep saying that you're not happy, but like, what would happiness look like for you? And I was really not able to answer it because this whole time I've been focusing on how unhappy I was. I never thought to like, you know, like to be like, what would actually make me happy? And so after that, it was just that moment of like, I'm going to figure this out so I can answer this question. And I still, I'm not able to answer this question, but you know, I'm doing things that make happy, I guess. It's like, I mean, it's not, it's not going to be an overnight thing. It could take, it could take five years, you know, your journey only looks right in your eyes. You know, it's not, there's no timeline. Yeah. And I guess like my next question is how do you self care when you're like going through it? Like what is something that comforts you in moments where you're, you know, struggling? Oh, you know what? I think writing for me is really big. You know, I, I still am an old fashioned like person that likes to write. Oh, love. But I'll write things out like what I want. Yeah. Um, just manifesting, just like just putting it on paper somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think that really, really helped because like in the peak of COVID when I was like so depressed and like yeah. so unmotivated, I'm like, right. what does this year look like? What do I want? What am I grateful for? What do mm-hmm. I have now that I've worked so hard for that 10 years ago, my younger self would be so grateful to have? Mm-hmm. Like that puts things into perspective too. Cause we're yeah. always, I feel like we live in a right now kind of world yeah. where yeah. we're always looking for the next thing. Like let's have this right now, yes. but let's take a step back and realize that like literally 10 year old me would have never believed I'd be in this place. 
mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in this point of my life. So be grateful yeah. for that. And like, you're going to look back when you're 50 and look back when you're 20 and you're like, you know what? 20 year old me would have loved yeah. where I am now, you know? Yeah. And she would have yeah. had no idea. Like she would have no, she idea. no yeah. idea. Yeah. Oh my God. I, every time you, we talk about like younger self, I just get chills and I'm wearing No, like, it like makes water. me so emotional. Cause I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I can only, imagine. you know, what's really yeah. fun is I found this website a couple years ago. It was like, um, letters to my future self. Okay. And on my birthday, you could set a date of like when you wanted to email you. Yeah. Every, on my birthday every year, I write a note to my future self in a year and I have mm-hmm. it sent to me the next year. Oh, so I want to do that. Reading back on it, oh my gosh. It's like, I can't believe I felt the way I felt when I was there. Cause like, yeah. when you're in so much pain, it, exactly. it just feels like pain right now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. You have to realize, like, when you even have a paper cut, it stings. It stings for a while, but then yeah. a it's... couple weeks later, you're like, I forgot how that felt. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh my God. I want to, I want to do that website and like, yeah, it's, it's deeper really letter. Nice. I feel like when I was growing up, we had diaries. <laughs> we had diaries and like also, um, mean girls came out and there was like the yeah. book yeah. It was really intense. And like all of the girls were just like, let's have a diary and like write things. <laughs> but like, I remember like I found my old diary and just like reading it. It's just like super traumatic sometimes. I'm like, Oh my God, like relax. <laughs> I know. It's like, can someone check on my younger self? Is she okay? Yeah, Yeah, because I'm okay now. But like, I think like this ties to my last question for you, but like, and it ties to the younger self. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? I think just keep going. No matter what it takes, Mm -hmm. no matter who you lose in your life, just Mm -hmm. keep going. Because the only person that has your back truly in this life Mm -hmm. is you. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. That's so true. And like, also like just the amount of people we're going to lose in this life. Yeah. I think losing is, a, it, it's what makes it feel like, oh, this is a terrible thing. That's yeah. Happening. But I think yeah. that people have seasons in your life. Yes. You were put in their life for a reason. They were put in your life for a reason. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a long time. You know, yeah. you yeah. served your purpose yeah. and now it's time to go. Cause we're both mm-hmm. on our, on our own path. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay. I've had yeah. I've had so many best friends. I, I I stopped talking to. Yeah, they were my best friend and my ride or die for that time period. Yeah. But then you both grow. Yeah. Do so, you think? Do you think there's like there is such thing as like a best friend, or is it like? Because I have trouble sometimes to think about like a best friend. Because I used to have so many best friends, be like, "You're my best friend. You're my best friend." But I just like struggle to use that best, like because I feel like nobody can ever be the best. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, okay. So this is, I feel like this is a very controversial thing because they're like, oh, she doesn't have any best friends. Like she's a red flag. It's like, oh my God, me neither. I don't have Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't have a best friend. I do have, I mean, what I would consider like a best friend, but I really yeah. think that my best friend is myself. Yeah. Love. Because I'm the only one that truly has my own back 24 seven. Oh my God, you sound you know? like me. <laughs> yes. And it sounds so selfish. And I, I talked about this so many times that a self, I think of a selfish way of living is the best mm-hmm. way to live. And I know mm-hmm. that selfish tends to have like a bad connotation. Um, yeah, connotation yeah. around that word. Mm-hmm. But truly, why do you do things, you know, for mm-hmm. yourself? You know, yeah, like if you're volunteer, I volunteer at my church. I love it. I love helping people. But what does that do mm-hmm. ultimately at the end? It makes me feel good, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And but at, at the same time of making me feel good, I get to help people as well. So like, it's yeah. a double, yeah. it's a win-win. I think people in your life are going to be very close. I think your your best friend could be a season for a while. Totally. And then, and then 
you have a new best friend, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, I, I, you sound like me. Like I literally, I was just saying this like a week ago. I don't think it's wrong to be selfish. I think it's, it, it actually makes you a better person and it actually helps the other person as well. Because okay. I think like even this podcast, like the minute where it became for other people, that's when I like burnt out. And I was like, oh my God, this is so stressful. Like I'm, I'm feeling like I lost that drive of like why I created it in the first place. And I think now it's like, um, I created this podcast for myself and I hope the people that are listening are listening for themselves. And I think that together creates this like powerful like force. And so I don't think it's bad to be selfish and I don't think it's bad that you don't have a best friend because I don't have a best friend, but I do have like amazing people in my life that I can go to and like that I can support, you know, and that they can support me too. So yeah, I don't think it's bad. You know what's funny? I always hear about people like putting so much energy fixing their relationships, whether that be like a boyfriend, girlfriend or or a friendship they put so much effort into fixing these relationships but when you fix the relationship that you have with yourself first Mm -hmm. you will be such a better person in that relationship for other people you know because if you aren't healing what's inside of you first how Mm -hmm. can you expect to be a good friend a good boyfriend a good daughter you know yeah because that's where it stems from when you're in a friendship like also knowing when to leave so important because I feel like sometimes I stayed in relationships when I probably should have ended it like three years ago, but I stayed in it for so long and I was suffering and even the other person was suffering and it was just, you know, why do we stay in relationship when we could have just like ended it and it would have been healthier that way than waited. So because it's hard. safe. Change, change yeah. is scary, you know? Yeah. And yeah. when you, when you've been with someone for so long, whether that be a friendship or a relationship, like, mm-hmm. it's like, how do I, I've lived my life day to day having this person in my life. And how do I just like, yeah. live with them anymore? You know, like not be around them anymore. Yeah. But, but I feel like it's easier though. Right. Because like you said, like you, you and I both said, it's like, we've had so many best friends to the point, like the universe was like, okay, you're going to go through all of this. So that in the next one that comes in, you're going to be so ready for this. It's yeah. not going to affect you as much. And it almost feels like when you feel that anxiety, when you're surrounding someone and then the minute that you're like, I can't do this. And it just all disappears. It's like, Oh, that's why we need to be ready for these boundaries. Right. That trauma comes out as right. Would you rather hard. be hurt continuously for the next three years? Or would you rather cut the cord now be hurt for mm-hmm. a limited time and then be a stronger person, be better. Like it's yeah. just, it's like, when do you want to hurt? It's like short term or long term, you know? Yeah, yes. it's like an- you're gonna you're gonna get hurt no matter what. We're humans. We're gonna yeah, get hurt. totally. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the best way. Oh my god, there's so many things that we could talk about all day. Yeah, but um, I I love that you were part of this podcast episode, and also like for all the listeners, where can we find you? What are the projects that you're working on? Tell us everything. Um, you can find me at Tammy K Lee on Instagram, mm-hmm. TikTok, all the socials. Mm-hmm. Um. Projects I'm working on, they're still in the works, so I don't want to announce them yet. Okay. Some some exciting things. Yeah. But yeah, thank you for having me so much.